welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to Delta Green Impossible Landscapes with Greenbox Gaming. My name is Joe. I am the handler for this operation, and you are joining me with my three friends, the three agents who are going through this shit show all together. We got uh, Brad uh, playing Hank Ellis, the uh, U.S. Marshal who turns out has a very complex relationship with his five children from five separate women, as we saw last time. Uh, and then we've got... Uh, Could have made it more complex. That's, but I, you, I decided to go easy, easy on you. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, we've got uh, Dace playing Benji Potts. He is our musical historian and occult dabbler. Is on the team. There. And then, uh, of course, we've got Jean playing Benedict Farthington, um, journalist, editor, uh, big man on campus, and and brand new owner of a freshly catatonic personal assistant. This is why you don't bring your intern to work these days. Yes, this is why Delta Green does not have a uh, bring your <laughs> like bring your kid to work days and that kind of thing. It's because <laughs> oh, of exactly God. what happened about that. last session. <laughs> or your bond. Right. Yeah, Isn't or one of your bonds. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so bold, remind me. Bold move. Bold move. But how I'll bring all five of my children to the next session. Why not? In the game, Joe. <laughs> yeah. And you'll have to act out. Every single kids. one of them. So how are you guys been doing? Great. Yeah. Fine. Excited. Yeah. We did nervous. We we missed out we missed out on some uh some recording there. Uh a little bit of delay, but you know, there's the Thanksgiving season and then, you know, like we all have real lives and have work and stuff we gotta do and that's kind of the nature of the game. Um You know what I found out this Thanksgiving, guys? I found What's that? like I guess I haven't really you know, I've lived abroad i say abroad i've lived around in different parts of the u.s you know for uh since my early 20s uh but up here in the pacific northwest it always it always interests me everywhere you go like the food the different foods that people eat at different times of the year and stuff and thanksgiving food up here is is different than it is back home you know like they uh they're not nearly as big on... I had to explain the concept of dressing to no fewer than, like, ten people just to get really? it through their heads what it was. Frankly, I, frankly, I'd like to know what it is, too. I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> kind of joking, but kind of not. It's like bread. Wait, this Seasoned bread. The turkeys, chunks. right? Yeah, well, I... You know, you know, and I suppose t out of all of us, Jean is probably the least well-informed of typical Thanksgiving cuisine. In my world, dressing is the shit that you put on the salad to make it not taste like lettuce. That it is also true. That is that is also a form some, of uh, dressing. Put some ranch on the turkey. <laughs> Just, yeah. Did you know? Did you yeah. guys know that ranch is? Or like ranch flavored things in a lot of countries, especially Europe, is just called American flavor. Yeah, isn't there mm. like Doritos ranch flavored Doritos are called like Cool American? 
or something like that. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, it's like they're like American flavored Doritos because they don't have ranch uh, in other countries, I guess. Which is their loss, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Are you not a big one fan? One point for America. You're not a big fan of ranch, John? <laughs> you know, it's like super. I don't know, maybe I've had the wrong ranch dressing, but it seems super creamy. And maybe I've had the wrong ranch. You can't overdo it. That's for certain. Like, yeah. Without a shadow like of a doubt. Seasoned yeah. mayonnaise. Okay. Like, yeah, at which point do you just end up with a potato salad in your turkey? Yeah, that's true. Well, like Jean, like what is a, what is a like a pretty typical? I think the big thing with Thanksgiving is it's kind of associated with like a a family gathering. Like, what's a South African kind of like family gathering focused holiday that we're unfamiliar with? Apartheid Day. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's all about bringing people together. It's really, it. <laughs> really about bringing folks together. <laughs> I don't know. You guys export your culture so successfully that uh, maybe Black Friday is a, is a real day to come together and go shopping. Um, yeah. No, I oh, don't shit, know. Y'all have that too. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys did a good job. <laughs> get get those sales. Get them done. Um, no, the one day is like Heritage Day. That's a thing in South Africa okay. where everybody tries to dress up in all of the eleven official languages and official cultures that are recognized. It's like That's heritage. interesting. Not so much family. Yeah. But yeah. But that is interesting because the U.S. is not that old and the mm. it's hard to say. I mean, there are definitely like regional cultures, but they're probably not nearly as distinct as South Africa, which was like specifically formed from distinct countries and, and big tribes and stuff like that. Yeah. Is this something that your family actually does? Like, people get together and dress up as the different... No. No, they're not that no. patriotic. No. no. Well, you just eat a spaghetti every day, right? Spaghetti <laughs> a day keeps the diabetes away. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, it's, well, you know, you're the only South African I know, John, so I just assume that everyone eats spaghetti in South Africa. That's right. like your national no, that's, dish now. That's accurate. That's... That's the national dish for all <laughs> Africans, really, on the African continent. It's spaghetti, yeah. I mean, that's what I think about not, when I think of really. spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they it's spaghetti. They served it at McDonald's over there. Right. McSpaghetti <laughs> oil. McSpaghetti well, Our goal for uh, next year, let's all call our congressmen and push for ranch turkey worldwide Whoa. on Thanksgiving. All right. So, right. so go, and going back to dressing, my conceptualization of Southern dressing is basically, I think the historical kind of reason for it is that traditionally you have turkey or chicken left over and cornbread left over after getting everyone together on Thanksgiving. So dressing is a dish where you take your leftover turkey and your leftover cornbread and you turn it into kind of a casserole. You kind of like mash it all together oh, and season it, it and bake it and it becomes this like day after Thanksgiving casserole but throughout the years in the south I think it became a something just associated with the season and now you see it uh, both on Thanksgiving huh. and Christmas wow didn't know that Yep, yeah, makes sense <laughs> yeah. also Joe and 
uh, days. Like, did your parents ever do this? Uh, our grandparents have cornbread left over, and they put it in a glass of milk and eat it. And buttermilk, man. Yeah, yeah. That's like a that's an older Southern person thing to do. Like, it's <laughs> it's called buttermilk. Is that's my. Well, they put it in buttermilk. Like, I've never. They it. specifically use okay. buttermilk for it. I'll I'll raise you one weirder. Something that my grandma used to eat, and that uh, was she would take peaches, just raw ass peaches, and put them in a bowl of milk and put sugar on them. Peaches <laughs> and milk. Huh. That doesn't yeah. sound too bad, though. Really. Oh, it's just I, weird, I though. That right now. I mean, it is. It's good, but it's fucking weird. What'd you call that? It is. Peaches and milk. <laughs> Peaches and milk, man. Peaches and milk. Keeping it simple. Yeah. That's I, what I was asking my grandmother what that was called, the cornbread milk, and she said bread milk. <laughs> bread milk. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and eat your bread milk, boy. <laughs> uh, do I drink you, it? Do I eat it? Like, what, if you, what if you put a straw in it and try to like slurp it up? <laughs> It'd be too thick. Straw <laughs> get clogged with breadcrumbs. Oh. Yeah, and it's considered very it's very taboo to reach down there and unclog it with your fingers. You have to just suck it so hard that the clog comes through. We're coming up with so many new Thanksgiving traditions <laughs> right. right here. I hope you're writing it down. Yeah, this is very important. Well, it'll be recorded for all posterity, for all time. <laughs> ranch, ranch turkey and bread milk. Yeah. All right. So you all have your one shot, by the way. Oh, no, we oh, did not do our one couldn't. shot, unfortunately. Oh, Weeks, so. Yeah. The the Thanksgiving D and D one shot was was ultimately put down by the same Titanic force that puts down so many tabletop RPG uh, games, which is scheduling conflicts. Yeah. Mm. It always happens. That, but nevertheless, we are here now playing this game so much more than a one-shot. Something that is probably going to last easily. Till we're dead. Easily. I mean, till, till we all die in real life. Uh, so. Someone's going to die this one. <laughs> yeah. So, quick, uh, quick recap of where we are. Um, you guys are in 1995, New York City. Uh, you are investigating the the cover story is that you are investigating the disappearance of Abigail Wright, a young artist in New York, uh, that you're investigating her disappearance. That's the cover story that's being fed to the FBI, the justification for you guys being here. What's really happening is that a occultic symbol was discovered in the case files of... Uh, Abigail Wright's uh, possessions in her apartment and you guys have been and it basically set off flags at Delta Green and they have sent you guys in and under the auspice of assisting with the investigation now ever since you guys have started there's been some strange things this this clown was the first thing this strange dancing clown in the park once you was odd once you guys got to Abigail Wright's apartment, you saw that there was um, the whole apartment was filled with garbage and some like bizarre 
shrine. Things glued and tacked to the ceilings and the walls and uh, and random garbage and trinkets all arranged in the home in an odd way. And you know it's going to be a nightmare to go through some type of like trying to clean out a hoarder's house while you're cataloging everything. You were able to go around and interview some of the uh, other tenants, uh, most of which, and you kind of came to the conclusion, it's like, well, it's weird. Everyone in this building seems to be an artist of some type. Uh, we've got an author, we've got an illustrator, we've got another painting. Abigail was a painter. Um, I guess you guys haven't specifically found out about one of the other tenants, the one you haven't met yet, Michelle Van Fitz. You really don't know her, sti- her stick yet, but... Uh, you guys were had kind of communicated with them, and you know they were a little odd, but there's nothing extreme. Uh, you guys began to explore the rest of the building. You found a strange, um, some strange paintings in the basement that depicted some odd things, including one which seemed to depict the very scene that Benji Potts had seen unfold with the dancing clown in Washington Square Park, a painting of something that happened just that same, that day before, which seemed quite implausible. Um, Benedict also was lucky enough to take home a, a blank canvas, a seemingly blank canvas that was marked, My Greatest Work. Um, you guys then were able also to find some something odd in Roger Caroon's uh, belongings in the basement. A, a weird... Uh, he's the writer, and he had this floppy disk that... Uh, had this odd story that was entitled uh, Night Floors, which, again, seemed to describe your characters as federal agents appearing in his story. He also had this kind of kind of bizarre... Uh, <laughs> this kind of bizarre uh, poem or thing that was spelled out one letter in 64 files smooth is the hand that makes the world and steady is the mind that grasps it um lastly uh you guys all went home uh benji uh has a standing appointment for friday afternoon or friday evening uh with his buddy skyler to fulfill some of his bond requirements his bond responsibilities um and then Benedict, of course, went and uh, had some interaction with his PA. And sounds like Frank Ellis, he was the one who went through a lot of his files and also had a bit of an encounter with his son, his eldest son, uh, who was, what's his name? John. His eldest, eldest son, John, whose mother had recently died. One of uh, Frank's, or, uh, not Frank, God, uh, one of Hank Ellis's uh, former partners has recently died of uh, cancer. Unfortunately, Frank, per usual, so dedicated to the work, to his work, that he was not able to engage well with his son, and maybe those bonds have suffered. You guys shared all this information and went back next day to Roger Caroon's home, uh, also bringing Jeremy with you to do more of the arduous cataloging work in the uh, in Abigail's apartment. You left him there alone in her apartment to catalog uh, the mess that was there while you guys went and grilled Roger. uh, Roger seemed to genuinely have no idea what you were talking about, where this floppy disk and the story was from, though the disk matched other disks that Roger had in his home. 
something else, I believe it was Benji, who noticed it. He opened Roger's um, refrigerator and noticed two kind of odd things. That one, Roger had a bunch of food in there that said that it was should have been far, far out of date, but actually wasn't, um, which was a little odd. And he also found some uh, a bottle of alcohol, a bottle of a fine uh, vintage of wine that seemed very out of place that kind of just kind of piqued his interest. Uh, you guys were all interrupted right at the end of your interrogation of Roger by a deafening uh, a deafening boom, a deafening tone that rang out from Abigail's apartment. You all rushed there to find uh, poor Jeremy in a semi-catatonic state uh, gazing out the window and you guys saw that there was a strange, looked like a homeless man with like a boa constrictor draped over his shoulders around his neck walking across the street and you discover that in Jeremy's hand was this symbol a symbol uh, that is associated with um, with a with demon summoning and demon worshipping uh, for a demon called person P-U-R-S-O-N and you guys made and this is when that big critical success that Benji Potts had as Benji says I know what this is I know what this is about this is presence in the Ars Goetia the Ars Goetia being a kind of manual a well known long long standing manual on the summoning and communication with demons so that is where we left off with poor Jeremy with blood running out of his ears (laughs) and a far off look in his face as you guys all rush back into Abigail's apartment. But before we start with the present, let's move it back just a tad. Oh no, script flip. Yep. The scene opens on a bright and sunny day in downtown London, 1990. We are outside of the Daily Mail uh, headquarters there. There's people coming, going, journalists who are all eager to get their job done and to uh, be the one to get the scoop. Uh, Though we are in the early 90s, uh, especially in the UK, a lot of the focus is still on the same things that they've been on for the past few decades on the... uh, uh, on the USSR, the fo- former Soviet states, and how they're integrating. There's a lot of unrest and general kind of like things going on. And actually, I don't remember when was like Princess Diana. When did she die? When was that a thing? Like much later. Was that much that was later? Nineties, like wasn't it? It was in the nineties, right? Nineties or it was later in the nineties, I think. Yeah. But you guys are are. There we see there's like everyone, all the buzz that's about, it's probably something, some scandal going on here and there. Um, and also in the early 90s, you know, there's a lot going on. Like the, it looks like the Americans are, are, you know, there's always something going on in the Middle East. The Americans looking like they want to shoulder in. And there's this crazy guy, Saddam Hussein, who's some type of, some type of general or the president, like who even knows in Iraq doing some craziness. But we are going to, Zoom in right over to one of the benches in front of the Daily Mail office. There is a man who walks out and plops down 
pulls out a uh, cigarette and begins to take in the hustle and bustle around him, it is none other than our very own Benedict Farthington. And it is a beautiful, blustery day. Uh, it is, uh, it's fairly warm. You don't have to wear a coat out, uh, but you're just kind of people watching. And like, what? How does? How did? When Benedict was working back, uh, still in London, how would he release stress in his, the middle of his day? What do you think his uh, his go-to method is? Just to get a little space. He would definitely go to the park. And- on the bench, but he'd have a bit of a ritual to his sandwich makings, to opening it up. He'd have his little beautifully packaged sandwich, which Judy, um, Judy, who was his neighbor at that time, would package for him mm-hmm. for work. He didn't ask for lunch to be made for him for work, but Judy made it anyway. It was a beautifully waxed wrap, and he would just open it up slowly, one at a time, whilst looking over the disc running around. And it would be very methodical, very, very cathartic for him, releasing the sandwich from his shackles of wax paper. And he'd, he'd really think about his life and his own position in life and releasing his own shackles from the hyperbolic and symbolic wax paper of his life. So <laughs> I would imagine that a disruption to this little ritual would uh, be quite oh. perturbing. Do not. Do not, sir. Okay. Well, uh, unfortunately, this particular day, um, like you're sitting there and the the pigeons are. Wait, are there? I know pigeons are a huge thing in New York. Are they in London too? I don't know. Maybe we're gonna pretend yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, Cause they're just like they're just sky rats, right? They're everywhere. Um, so, they have little monocles on them and uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 and top, say, top, top hats. hats. Yeah. Well, they're also not real, and I think we can all, but we can address that in yeah. another. Uh, that's up. that's a whole Delta Green series of its own, is whether or not birds, are, yeah, what birds really are and what they really aren't. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, and sitting there, uh, a a shambling man comes up to you. He's heaped in. It's warm out, but he's heaped in coats, and you can smell him. You can smell him as he approaches, and he and you look up just at the wrong time. Uh, Benedict knows better than to make eye contact, but sometimes it happens on accident. He avoids it. Yeah, you look up right at the wrong time, bam, eye contact. He was looking at you, you looked at him. He shambles over to you. Hey, a little bit of change. A little bit of change, sir. No. No. Away with you, sir. Uh, just, just, I'm... Wait. I'm out of... I'm, maybe just a, no. a, a nibble of your sandwich there. Not today. Uh, it's tomorrow, no, then. Tomorrow, then. No... Not tomorrow. You said tomorrow. I, I heard I you say you. it. I hope to never, ever see you again in my life. Go away, you uh. filthy wretch. Uh, uh, balls to you. Hey, excuse me, ma'am. And he points off to, there's like a woman walking by. He's like, change, change, ma'am. Now, yes, off. You, Manny Hobo. It, it seems like... It's a big bite from a sandwich whilst <laughs> looking him in the eye. A big one. <laughs> Like a big bite. Like throws the crust on the ground for the birds. As you as you do this, uh, you hear a voice behind you. Like there's someone standing behind you. And, uh, he says, "He says, well, well, it seems uh, seems that the uh, 
The vagrancy sure is getting worse. So you may be right, but uh, right now, not the time. The man leans forward and, like, he, like, you know, he, like, puts his elbows on the back of the bench. You see him now. He's a white guy. Um, looks like he's probably in his 40s. A little bit overweight. Um, you can tell that he has pretty much no hair just from the way. But he's... You immediately, you kind of look at him and, uh, I mean, Benedict's probably fairly stylish. Like, you, you at least have people to buy the appropriate clothes for you. Um... This this guy he's wearing like an old school like bowler hat like it's it's kind he's kind of goofy looking in that way he's got like this like double breasted jacket uh, like it's kind of fancy but he's got this but he's definitely American you know he's he sticks out like a sore thumb and he's like yeah well he's like ah I'm only gonna get worse from here you know so I can tell you're not from here and one of the worst cultural faux pas that you can ever derive from a bitterest man is to interrupt him in his sandwich unwrapping. So please, on with your business. Ah, uh, yeah. Good day. Ah, uh, uh, you're right. I said good day. I forget myself. Oh, up, up, so looks like you dropped this. Uh, he bends down and uh, oh. picks up, uh, it looks like maybe a piece of the paper that your food was wrapped in and, and he hands it to you. And turns and walks away. Thank you. Very, very kind. You you look down at the piece Wretch. of paper. It. <laughs> you look down at the you look at down at it, and this is. I mean, it's it's quickly. It's like it, this is not a, a piece of the wax paper that your sandwich is wrapped in. This is something else. It looks. It looks like an old piece of parchment almost, but it's folded neatly in four folds down into a t small square. Oh. And? Yes, I'll have to look at this now. Benedict goes to open it, and as you do, you are suddenly... Like, there are... You see a dark shape kind of block out the sun in front of you as two men in, like, trench coats come up in front of you and they come right up in front of you within like a few inches and each grab you underneath one of your arms and what? you what is this? one of them and you feel something hard being pushed into your ribs and you look down and see the barrel of a gun and you see here quiet one of the man oh. as you freeze one of the men reaches up and grabs the paper from your hand stuffs in his pocket and he whispers to you, he says, Don't make a sound. Black van, 12 o'clock. You look up and you see a black van parked on the side, up on the curb, and its door slides just a tiny bit to the side. There's most unusual setup. I demand an explanation. He said... They, uh, they push your head down as you, as they push you into the van. Uh, you hear, it sounds like maybe someone did notice that this was happening, but it was too fast, too late. You were gone. Your sandwich still sitting there. And no doubt that that vagrant will be eating it in a matter of minutes. <laughs> That's probably the greatest injustice here. <laughs> it's the worst part of it. 
<laughs> in that moment, we now pull back into the present day of 1995 as uh, as Benedict Farthington is recalling his initiation into Delta Green, how they pushed him into that van, black bagged him, took him to an unknown site, and basically read him in, possibly out of complete necessity, he's still not entirely sure, on the fact that all of this world is slowly falling apart, and that if someone doesn't do something about it, everything from that homeless guy, the woman just minding her own business, um, your PA, your neighbor, that they're all just minding their own business, never knowing what's happening. But right now, you're back in Abigail's apartment. Jeremy is still muttering to himself, eyes wide, unfocused, a small dribble of blood coming out of one of his ears, no doubt from the cacophonous sound of that you guys heard from the other room. And now, I will open it up to you. What do you do? Jeremy! He goes and he grabs Jeremy. Jeremy! Jeremy! Slaps him. What? Get get yourself together, man. What is wrong with you? <laughs> what is happening? Tell me immediately. There doesn't seem to be an effect. Um, luckily, you did have um, all... Uh, you were able to wrench that piece of paper out from his hand. Uh, and Benji was able to tell you that this is, this is something associated with demonology... Um, and whatnot, and that this symbol, um, I believe you guys sh probably still should have the link for demonweb101.com. Uh, yeah, it says oh, the website's down for maintenance. Oh, it does it? Wow, issues all the time. What a shame. Oh, we knew man. too much. We flew too close <laughs> to the sun. <laughs> Did anybody happen to write down what person was about? I can I can give you Probably, the I don't want to um, do a Google search because I might see something about the story, but Um I can hey, give you something. Um, President Hell. Um so let me yeah, let me turn to that so I I can give you some It was like it was like pretty vague. He's like all knowing about past, future, and present. Mm -hmm. Um I remember that. It wasn't thing anything as specific as that hereditary demon that was like specifically about wealth. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I have it here if I can remember how the alphabet works. Sorry. And I once we, f you're good. Once we figure out what's going on with that, like, okay, so. It's like, so some time has passed since we saw this, like, homeless guy with a boa constrictor around his neck go in front of this car. That is basically... And we, like, look this up on... The that's basically just happened. And uh, the okay, Demon we Web 101 thing was just basically... Think of that as a product of Benji's uh, critical success on that. Like, this is just information that Benji kind of knows off the top of his dome. That the Ars oh, okay. Goetia... When he saw this symbol. Yes, the Ars Goetia and one is considered to be... And the lesser keys of Solomon are these kind of uh, 
methods to communicate with and summon demons that uh, you guys are. Okay, that we figured all that with. out. Yeah. Um, you know this association. Figure out what's going on with what's what's trying to go on going on with Jeremy, and then we see this guy walk across the street. Okay. Right. Oh Lord, we're gonna have to follow him. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. <laughs> Let's just sit in this room for. You know five what, guys? Sessions. I don't. I don't want to follow the guy. The doors? <laughs> I yeah. think we should just lock our doors and go to the basement to grab some toilet paper. We'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, I found the piece on person, if you want me to read it to you real quick. Yeah. yeah. Person is a great king of hell, being served and obeyed by 22 legion of, legions of demons. He knows of hidden things, can find treasures, and tells past, present, and future. Taking a human or aerial body, he answers truly of all secret and divine things of earth and the creation of the world at the hest of Baal. Person is depicted as a man with the face of a lion, carrying a ferocious viper and riding a bear. Before him can be heard trumpets sounding. Oh, jeez. Um. Okay. Um. So that's the coffin is sound that triggered Jeremy. Would you describe that as trumpets sounding? I would describe that as being trumpet adjacent. And it like blended in with the horn of the car. I said by the time you guys Yeah, by the time you guys like got in the room, you kind of heard the sound of this car honking outside and it seemed to blend into it like almost as if it never happened. Well that makes me wonder well, if Jeremy did something that we don't know about. What if he actually summoned person? I mean so uh I say uh Benji just like Jeremy. Uh just like Jeremy. Man. Does that fella crossing the street kind of look like uh that person demon you talking about earlier? Well, he sure don't look normal. <laughs> That's fair. Uh okay, I want to like kind of is that really a bow constrictor around his neck? Let's do like He's uh, he's gone. By the time you guys Oh, he's gone. Away. I can't even Yeah, like like he's Come like on. he's well when you guys saw him, he was Pardon me. Uh, he was walking across the street and just like whoop, just turned into an alleyway, and he's he's peaced out. Like he, you're not able to study him for a length of time. Um, I will tell you, like as far as you were aware, like I mean, it kind of looks like he had a snake around his neck. So if we run to that alleyway and try to tail him, he's just like disappeared. Are you are you going to do that? Are you going to run out of the apartment? Yeah. Okay. Benji will. Benji, you open the door, and as you do, you run face-to-face, -face almost, as you go to bolt out with uh, Detective Guiridanda. Um, oh, Lord. He's standing there, and it looks like he was just about... He's got, like, a, he's got like a box full of papers and files in it, and it looks like he was just, he was just kind of trying to get it into one arm so that he could knock on the door. Uh, he's like, oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, agent, uh, agent, agent Michia. Oh no, Benji's like, like pushing past him. Like maybe he knocks the box of files out of his arms and they scatter. Like he's trying to follow this guy. All right, all right, make me make me like a a dexterity. See if you can uh, dodge around him without complete just upsetting everything. Let me my character sheet. 
Dex. Smith. Success. All right. 62 under 70. Yeah. Um, you are able to... You're able to dodge around Guerdanda uh, as you go, and he is... Uh, and he just... You know, he spins around with the box in his hands. He's like, what's... Well, what's, what's gotten into him? What's gotten into him? And he looks at you guys. You guys are standing in Abigail Wright's apartment. Um, Hank and... Um, and Benedict... And you have a catatonic uh, person who is bleeding out of their ears. Uh, how would you like to handle <laughs> said situation? Just asking for well, a friend. Uh, I guess we hear uh, the detective at the door around the hallway. I'm like, uh, uh, Benedict, uh, I don't know how close you were to this man, but uh, uh, he's going to be about as useful as a barrel of monkey nuts. We need to hide him in the closet right now. The detectives comes in here. <laughs> yes. 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 Good idea. He's a bit shaken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Try yeah. to shove yes, him in the closet. Try to shove him in the shove closet. Shove him in the closet. Alright, uh, it's not hard. It's, it's like that's not going to okay. be a problem. Um, you, as you close the door on him, you just hear whimpering. <laughs> Hush. Hush you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, uh, so okay. Guiradenda, he walks in. And he's like, I. He's like, am I? Am I interrupting? If I'm, I interrupting something. Oh, uh, nothing, detective. You know, just uh, working late tonight. Uh, doing our due diligence. Uh, what brings you here? Oh well, I. You know, you you asked me to bring you these, uh, you know, the rest of the reports and everything from, uh, from you know, the Abigail Wright case. Uh, it looks like you guys haven't really... But it's like, you look around, it looks like Jeremy had been kind of busy, and there's a, you know, a reasonable pile of, uh, bagged items there, and he's like, you guys, looks like you guys have been, been busy here, uh, it's, uh, it's good. Uh, did I, did I hear somebody else in here? Uh, do you guys have someone else on your team? Or? Oh, no, no, I... Nope. Uh, you hear it? Nope. Mm -mm. Mm. Nope. Mm -mm. Okay, well, mm -mm. um, he just takes the box <laughs> and just puts it down the ground. He's like, what's up with, uh, with the other, with the uh, Agent Michio? Oh, uh, well, he had an appointment, Benedict? obviously. Did he, did he not tell you on the way out? He's, uh, he has to go to the dentist right now. Thus far, has been appalling, and I'm just, I'm just surprised at your lack of awareness. Truly, truly. Yeah, aren't attention, you a sir. detective? But, all right. Uh, you guys have already sassed this guy last time he was here, so he just doesn't really have time for. It. He's like, all right. Well, uh, well, actually, give me some type of check. Give me some type of role to see if this guy is going to tell you something interesting, or if you guys have been too douchey to him. Your attentiveness is terrible, but do you have anything for us? And All right, yeah. See if you can, you way. can, you can pump him for something. Give a, uh, me like a persuade or, or whatever it is. I, I always forget the name of the damn <laughs> skills in this yes. game. Charisma, Charisma uh, fifty-nine under seventy-five. Yeah. Um. His, well, he reaches in the box and there's a, there's like a file on top. 
says, uh, this is the only, he's like, I was going back through things, and uh, really, the only thing I found interesting was uh, kind of refreshing myself on what we had, was this, this case here of um, Abigail Wright, she filed a, uh, she filed a, uh, a police report um, several months ago. Um, looks like she was, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, accosted or something. Uh, she said she was mugged uh, in the building by some weirdo. Uh, files there. Um, I mean, we looked into it. We didn't see anything about it. In our, but, yeah, it's there. But I'll uh, leave you boys to it. Looks like you got a lot of uh, real important garbage to sort out. FBI's finest right here. Uh, oh, thank you, Detective. And, uh, you know, we'll tr we'll do our best. Hopefully better than you, since you haven't solved this case yet. Yep, all right. Yep, uh, good luck with your uh, your garbage sorting. Sure, uh, <laughs> sure. I'm sure there's a reason they didn't send, you know, real investigators since the cleanup crew here. Have a good one. <laughs> he walks out. Uh, Benji, you run across the street to the uh, place where you saw the man go. You get to the alleyway and you look through. There is a chain link fence at the far side of the alleyway and a dumpster. Um, you quickly throw open the top of the dumpster. You don't see anything. And you, Of course. You can't really imagine that this guy would have vaulted this chain link fence it's possible uh, um Benjil just kind of do a slow 360 and be like hello great king of hell <laughs> <laughs> you and you get nothing back <laughs> nothing okay you know yeah that might have worked um yeah I'm just gonna go back to the room and be like where you got away you see Guardanda. You pass Guardanda on your way out. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, good luck with your root canal or whatever. Oh, it's already done. I got the best in this <laughs> side of the Mason Dixon. <laughs> he eyeballs you and shakes his head and leaves. You met me in a back alleyway and took out my tooth with the drill. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you're just talking at him as he's walking away. He's like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, uh, go back to the room and, and just tell him that he got away. It's like... You wouldn't think he'd be that dexterous with a big old snake around his neck, but he must have jumped that fence. Um, I guess while Benji comes back, I'm uh, Hank is gonna take a look at this, browse through this report, real quick. Yeah, so you get this. You look at the police report. It was uh, it was filed by Abigail Wright um, last year, about this time, um, because today canonically is shit. What is it? Isn't it like August 11th or something? I should really keep track of this uh 
I, I want to get this right because some of the timeline stuff. He was last seen the 1st of June, reported missing 4th of June. Yeah, it is August 11th, uh, 1995. Um, August 30th of last year, 94, um, so just about a year ago, Abigail Wright uh, filed a police report saying that she was mugged in the building, in the McAllister building. Um, supposedly, you're reading the kind of narrative in the statement. Uh, she says that um, an older, weird guy, older white guy, um, in a silvery, like, robe and a weird mass, uh, she, like, heard a ruckus and kind of went upstairs to check. Like, she walked upstairs, and near the... Um, near the stairs to the roof access she saw a man and he knocked her down and he like grabbed her and slammed her up against the wall and asked her uh where are the tunnels where are they and like kept yelling at her and shook her eventually he kind of like threw her down and snatched her purse and poured it out on the ground and rifled through her things and ran away and that was the last she saw of him uh she reported the nypd she wasn't hurt um, she also didn't seem to be, like, it didn't seem like the guy actually took her money. Um, that he seemed to just kind of rifle through his shit and leave. Well, this is useless. Toss it over. <laughs> um, Tears it in half. <laughs> burns it right in front of everybody. Yeah. No, um, uh, obviously share that information with the crew i'm reading it out loud i suppose as i go through it said so i say uh fellas this just don't make no sense we got jeremy in the closet lost his mind uh this person demon symbol uh abigail wright was mugged almost a year ago by a man in silver clothing and a mask and well hell let's bring uh What's his name? Maybe Roger should see this. Maybe it will jog his memory some more. Even though I know he's like... He's still in the other room, I guess, with the door open, just like nervous that we were shaking him down. When you guys when you guys left, yeah, you didn't really see what he did. You assume he's still in his apartment. Could you jog our memory on what we found out about Lewis? Wasn't he super sketchy and there was some contradicting information on him. That was the other guy. Uh, well, okay. No. Um, the guy across from Roger, what's his name? Thomas. Thomas. Right. I don't see. Thomas? Thomas, Thomas was Thomas the guy who you guys still haven't fine. really talked to because you offended him thoroughly. Yeah, he wouldn't go in. Oh. Lewis was the clean-cut dude upstairs. Yes, he was the, um, the, um, comic book illustrator. Mm, okay. Was he being sketchy? I think the interaction I think that you guys I think the interaction that you guys had with him was basically that it sounded like he didn't know much. He wasn't very close to Abigail. Um, yeah. And that he saw her you know like exit the building because he has one of the front facing windows. He like saw her from the door but he didn't have much to do with her. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know where else to go and sit. Rogers obviously got something 
weird going on. I don't know what to do besides question him a little bit more and then go from there. He hasn't seen the person symbol yet. Who knows what will happen when he sees that. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I think well, that you guys have found... Uh, whoop. There he goes. We lost Dace. Lost Dace for the for his internet connection. He'll be back here in just a moment. I don't. I don't want to go on without days. Anyway, but you guys, I think the only thing that you guys had uh, gotten from Lewis was that he was a bit odd. Yeah. You see. Okay. You good, days? Yep. Okay. Um, the only thing that you guys have found is that um, actually Benedict had opened the mailbox for um, for Abigail and pulled out all of her mail. But that hadn't been yes, goddamn investigated. Jeremy was supposed to be sorting through this. Fucking Jeremy, I did, man. I, uh, uh, fellas, I do think that I need to uh, tend to my my care of Jeremy. Would one of you please sort the mail? He wants to just escape his responsibility of doing any kind of chores. Okay. But also he wants to look after Jeremy. Uh, I, I think I need to bring him to uh, to Judy very soon. Um, what's the time? It's probably like... It's probably near noon. It's probably between 11 and noon. Oh, okay. So you want to go... Uh, let me get this straight. You want to take Jeremy back... Uh, <laughs> just get him out of here maybe to calm down well, while we continue the investigation well uh, I'm torn because I guess we do have work to do uh, is is there a tea kettle around here there probably is one like there the kitchen seems to have like utensils and stuff you know what you know what you're right uh, I will just make it a spot of tea and I'm sure he'll be fine afterwards <laughs> Surely. Um, are you going to pull him out of the closet or just leave him there? Uh, just ask him for a Pull friend. him out of the closet and um, make him a spot of tea. Alright, you um, you pull him out of the closet. <clears throat> oh, pardon me. Um, as you do, uh, he's just kind of still mumbling. Uh, he does make eye contact with you now. And he seems to be like maybe a little more with it, but still just in a state of probably of shock. Um, does anybody here have any type of medical first aid ish kind of skills? Is that part of anyone's thing, or even like psychotherapy? Or uh, no, I could try. <laughs> I mean, you give I it may a, have ten percent. Give it a go, I guess you know. This isn't really my gig, but I'm going to give it a shot. Look at me, Jeremy. And I pull, like, look into his eyes. <laughs> oh, fail. Alright, 27 over yep. 10, yeah. He's a goner. <laughs> he's, he's not long for the world. <laughs> um, Like, the best that you guys can think is, like, he, he seems to be in, like, you guys have probably heard of shock to some extent. You think that maybe if you just give him some time, you have no idea what to do about the ear. Uh, but yeah, you uh, 
Benedict, you go in to um, to try to make some tea. Um, as you do, you open up one of the cabinets to look for teapot, I assume, or you know, or a pot to boil some water in, or something. Um, you do find a teapot, and in fact, you find like three teapots. They're all in the same cabinet together. Uh, one of them looks like your pretty standard kind of metal teapot. Uh, one of them looks to be like this really fine kind of porcelain. It's like a chicken. It's like a. It's shaped and painted like a chicken. Looks to be like a very old school handmade one. It looks. It's very very nice, kind of cute. And the last one is like a. You would say probably like a a very nice like sterling silver, extremely ornate teapot that looks like the kind of thing that you would expect to see uh you know like in the UK like you know they have like tea shops and um and like corner pubs and stuff that maybe you know or even people's families who have these old tea sets that are hundreds and hundreds of years old uh and that's what it kind of looks like to you but it's uh it's not old or dusty and it looks like it's been freshly shined it's clean and pristine so you have your pick Jeremy is like talking to him even though he's not even conscious with this right now. Jeremy, I found I found your favorite kind of kettle. It has a chicken on it, sir. <laughs> I'm going to make you a spot of tea with the chicken kettle. <laughs> he's he's kind of just like I, have you like sat him there in the kitchen? There's probably a chair. You can probably just set him on the yeah, chair. He's, he's just kind of holding himself yeah. and looking at you and just like like kind of confused look, and scared. Look at its chickeny legs. It has little legs at the bottom. I'm gonna put it <laughs> on the stove for you now. You just hang in there, my son. <laughs> All right. Um, so, what are the other two of you gonna do while Benedict is attempting to uh, care for Jeremy? Uh, first thing, I guess Benji's gonna find that piece of paper that had person symbol on it hmm. and pocket it just so no more mischief happens with it. And doesn't Benji also have some of the food from Doc, from Roger Caroon's apartment? Well, I'm glad you asked. He certainly does. And what I want to do... But wait a second. I want to do, but... But wait a second. Do you have food from Roger Caroon's apartment? Uh... Where would Benji... Have, in my... Where Benji just shoved in this pocket, right? <laughs> Yeah, I believe it was. Baby. I believe it was a pound of hamburger meat, and what was the other thing? Um, all I got was the meat and the wine. The meat and the wine. You. Oh, that's all you got. That's all you got. <laughs> Just a pound, a pound of, of hamburger meat. Of <laughs> you reach in to get the pound. Like as you're thinking about this, you realize suddenly uh, there's an awful smell. You oh, it's look awful. in your pocket, and this hamburger meat is now gray, and gross and kind of leaking through the plastic if you Ugh. open the wine bottle and you look and it's like and the wine bottle you pull it out like i assume i don't know how one puts a wine bottle in their pocket but we're gonna suspend disbelief for that section um you pull out the wine bottle and you look at it and the label the paper label is dry and flaking like it wasn't before and the cork is all shriveled and like it's like desiccated and if you pull the cork and smell it man that's just vinegar now that's not wine anymore 
So question, Benji actually uh, drank some of the wine. Earlier, yes. Yeah. So does he have like an upset stomach now? What's going on with that situation? I would say that you would not have drank enough to be bothered. Okay, we got to... We got is this a, we got to figure out is this an illusion or is this like was it actually old and we were just like deceived in the apartment or was it actually altered and that apartment's keeping it fresh? Um, did you have anything else you're gonna do, Benji? Well, I was gonna try to track down that dog with the hamburger meat, but that's kind of shot to shit. <laughs> um, the Dude, other thing we're I wanted. All over. To... Go ahead. Sorry. The other thing I wanted to do was find the the maintenance guy that maintains the building and maybe ask him about the tunnels. If he knows of any tunnels. Because the the guy that assaulted what's her name was asked where are the tunnels. And by the by the maintenance guy, who do you mean? Uh well in the basement there's like janitorial supplies and stuff. I just assumed there is a maintenance guy. I mean, it's well, there's an also complex. Um, Somebody's got to maintain it. There's also, you know, in the story we read that was like weird. Like they were like the whole group apartment was having a discussion prior to us getting there. In this like short story, there's the night manager. Yes, what's in that mm. story? It was referenced as Mister Castain. We also know building was run by art life so we could right. dig into oh, that. I forgot about that yes and you also receive the art life uh like their offices like where they're at i think that's a, that's a good lead i want to try one thing are we are we thinking about leaving this spot soon uh we are gonna have to finish organizing all this shit to keep our cover story Oh, we're gonna like do that and then leave because I want to try one more thing. I mean, if you guys want to do some cataloging, that basically you will get a search roll. You get an opportunity to do some yeah. do a search roll, and that will kind of determine if you find anything terribly interesting or not. Um, while you're kind of chipping away at all this, and I will tell you too, uh, especially with the you guys did a little bit of work on the first day, and Jeremy seems to have done uh, like, I mean, he's a He's a busy little beaver. He seems to have done a good little bit of work. You think that the that it might it seems to probably going to get easier and easier as you go, because things are being cleaned up. Okay, what did you have in mind? I'm about to pull Roger out of that apartment and see if he decays. <laughs> uh, I'm uh. So it sounds like we. W I do like the idea of going to this. Uh, what was it called? Benedict the Art. Uh, who runs this place? Art Life. Art Life. I do like like the idea of checking them out. Let me see if we can squeeze anything else out of Roger. He seems uh, one step away from turning into whatever happened to Jeremy. So I'll, I go over there into his room. Uh. I guess we only left him for like a five minutes. I said, Roger, where are you? He he opens the door pretty quickly. He is, uh, again, still quite... Uh, 
he's still, you know, very kind of sad. Or not sad, but he's he's like, uh, is, is every, everything okay? Uh, it absolutely is not, sir. Come here. And I <laughs> grab him by the collar. Okay, he, he doesn't <laughs> resist you. He's like, oh, what's... I bring, I'm, I'm sorry, what's going on? I bring him in an apartment. I say, now try to calm down, son. Seriously. Put him here next to Jeremy. You <laughs> just so Jeremy's there, bleeding from. Put him here next to Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's uh, like, would you like some tea, Roger? Would you uh, like some tea? I'm just made some tea. Uh, Jeremy is just holding a cup of tea and staring deeply into it, <laughs> without without moving. Uh, Roger's like. Uh, yeah, who, who is this? Uh, uh don't, don't you worry. Yeah, he's don't a, worry about that. He's a, he's a friend. I want you to clear your mind, Jeremy, and forget about the flash, the flash drive, the, uh, the story. The floppy, what's a flash drive? Yeah, floppy disk, never mind. Um, <laughs> I just want you to clear your mind, sit here, have some tea, and tell me if you know it. Anything, anything at all about this symbol. And I'll show him the person symbol. Uh, he looks at it and he's like, uh, no. No, I've never seen anything like that. The, the tea's good. Look closer, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> he's got nothing for you, man. <laughs> okay. Well, what was the name of the night manager? Uh, Mr. Castain. It's actually on roll 20. Uh, it's toward the bottom where some of those notes are made. So, yeah. So now you've got Roger is also sitting in here with you. Roger, could we kindly get the number for the art life facilities? Yes, I believe you already have it. You have you have the contact info of where it is, and you have the phone number for it, whatnot, for Art Life, which is. Roger, I'd like to cross-check the number that I already have for the Art Life facilities. Okay. <laughs> and because this is ninety-five, there's phone books and stuff. You can probably find the number in the phone book. It appears to be correct. Uh, Benji's gonna ask Roger for Mister Castain's number. He'd be like. Uh, what's the phone number for your maintenance man, Mr. Castang? Um, he will... He kind of... He's like, uh, who? Mr. Castang. He... Again, he kind of... He's like, I don't know who that is. He's looking at everyone holding his tea. You know, he's like, the, the tea's good. Uh-huh. Uh, Benji, I think uh, this Roger knows nothing about the floppy disks, the story. Uh, Mr. Castain was in this supposed fictional story, remember, uh, before we showed up. He's useless. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're doing a good job, Roger. Uh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the tea. Can I go? I reckon you can, uh, and just some advice, get some new food, 
please go out get some groceries do not eat that crap okay has anything happened to roger can we roger seems fine can we yeah. see any difference seems fine what the fuck is going on with this apartment i don't see i think it is it like no idea. a wool over our eyes or something like actually altering on a physical level in his apartment um are we gonna keep Jeremy like it my only other thought is if we get Jeremy out of this catatonic state he might actually have some information from whatever he saw um but I think we could also uh, check the mail so maybe Benedict will go and grab the mail and wave it in Jeremy's Jeremy you've not had enough time to recover stop pouting I know you didn't want to be here today, but stop it. Now, did you check this mail? And did you deliver the mail that I asked you to deliver? It was very important. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess give me some type of role to try to get through to Jeremy. Uh, probably a psychotherapy, uh, because he is not doing well. I'm going to try to get him out of his stupor. Yep, that's a 57 over 10. Hey, that's yeah. a fail. <laughs> um, just remember, do your check. Uh, yes, and make sure to check Benedict. the box by your fail. So we can go, uh, go level up on this skill. Now he's he seems he kind of takes the mail from you, like as you hold it in his face, and he, but he just holds on to it, and it's just like looking at you, and seems to still kind of not be, you know, lights are on, no one's home. Jeremy, I'm very disappointed. He just takes it back and he rips it open himself. <laughs> okay. Um, I think if you go through any amount of the mail, you see kind of what you expect. Um, as a lot of these letters have, the envelopes have in red stamps across them, things like late notice, final notice, things like that. It looks to be bills. Um, and you know you can tell by just the letterhead that's on the outside the envelopes that it's from power companies and cable companies and you know and telephone company and things like that um you yeah and that is uh it looks like that abigail's uh like abigail's stuff is not being paid um and that her and from what you can tell uh, a bunch of the final notices really you know like all of these things probably were shut off at the beginning of the month what are the dates on the letters? For regular old dates? For when things were still being paid? Yeah, for the notices. Within this, nothing unusual with the dates there. It it kind of looks like um, it kind of looks like that Abigail has that she stopped paying uh, things probably in the beginning of June. And it looks like April was the last time she paid anything. Uh, reported missing around then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Benji's also going to roll the psychotherapy on Jeremy, just because why the hell not? Okay. Also only have a 10 in it. Yep. Yeah. Same as Benedict, 57 over 10. 
Um, make sure to enunciate your scores for me when you roll things, please. Um, yeah, just, yeah. just in case I'm not on the screen, because sometimes I've got other things going on on my monitors. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, you guys don't seem to be having much luck getting through to, uh, to poor, poor Jeremy. Poor, poor mind whammy Jeremy. Well, fellas. I say... Actually, though, everyone give me a intelligence roll. Everyone. Seven under. Forty under sixty. Benji got a failure with seventy-six over seventy-five. Damn. Well, Benedict, you, you know, you vocalize this. It's like they're just bills. It looks like you know she stopped paying in April, and that's you know she last reported being seen. I think what was it like the fourth of June or something like that? It was like when she was she was reported missing on the fourth of June. Um, and you report, it's like, yeah, it looks like her, blah, blah, blah. Her electricity was cut off, you know, at the beginning of August. Um, and Benedict and Hank both, like Benji, maybe you're, you're over there trying to work with Jeremy, trying to get through him. Benedict and Hank, you, as Benedict is saying this, you both look at each other. And you both look, you pause and look directly up at the light fixture which is currently illuminating the room. Mm. Hmm. Oh. Seems weird for be? a place that has its electricity cut off. I flipped the light switch on and off. It operates as normal. And maybe that was that electric stove, the electric stove's working too? Yeah. They haven't just, cut off the you power just made, of this place. You just made tea on it. Hmm. Benedict, I don't know about this. There's something altering on a physical level this entire apartment with the bad meat and wine and this. That was in a different apartment. Well, I mean the apartment building, possibly. Yeah. I think um, Benedict looks around for a fire roll lever. A what? Uh, the like a fire thing alarm. you pull when you want to fire. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, there's probably one out in the hallway. What so this could be a this could be a crazy idea, but at this point, I just want to go home and tend to Jeremy. What say we burn this place to the ground? <laughs> <laughs> Dead set. I'm... Just his fucking <laughs> level set on. Well, uh, well, it would it would decrease our workload quite substantially, yeah. <laughs> and it, it would sort out our cover story. We would just need to make sure people escape the building successfully. Control mm -hmm. fire, of course. <laughs> See, I thought my plan. I thought you were going like pull the fire alarm and then break into everybody's apartments and investigate thoroughly. Nope, <laughs> you just want to burn it down. <laughs> Well, on second thought, I guess that, that would work, but... There's something super sketchy happening in this entire apartment, obviously, and we haven't gone in anyone else's room. Um, if we do the fire alarm, I kind of like that idea. What if we do it, like, later at night, though? And, like, get the art done 
this afternoon, deal with Jeremy, and then come back later and do that. Yeah, we need a clear target, though, because we're only going to have a matter of minutes before the actual fire department shows up. Right. Presumably. We can also see who comes out, right? If there's anybody right. hiding out. So, uh, I like this plan a lot, Benedict. How about we do this later and then uh, finish sorting through all this crap, see if there's any more demon symbols or whatnot, and then head over to Art Life. And whatever you want to do with Jeremy, we could uh, follow you for that. Yep, sounds like a plan. So then was that, you guys want to do some more searching before you do all that? Can we that? clean up this entire shit? Like, get rid of any search that might be necessary in this apartment? You could just start... To the best of our roles. I mean, you could just start doing over. some... You could do some more cataloging, basically. it's You're not going to be able okay. to get it all. There's too much left... To just get it all done in one go. Okay. So I oh, Benji will chip away at it. Right. Um, if you guys. So you want to search roll? Yeah. If anyone who's going to be doing some searching, uh, go ahead and roll that roll, and see what you get. See if you guys find anything interesting. Benji, you got a seven hundred forty-three success. Uh, and Hank got a 10 under 50. Okay. And is I, I'm quite frankly surprised that Benedict was going to, was going to look at all. <laughs> Manual labor. Nothing better to do. He's distressed by Jeremy at this point. Tried he to burn down the building. <laughs> yeah. So you guys. Um, you guys start to go through this stuff, and as you do, um, we'll start with, uh, I guess we'll start with, with Hank. Hank, you are digging through a, a pile of papers, um, and it, like, some of them are on, like, lined notebook paper, uh, some of them are, are, like, kind of in unintelligible scribbles, anything from what's, like, grocery list to musical lyrics to like little personal affirmations um they're written on everything from line notebook paper to like plain printer paper napkins and there's like a, a big stack of them and it's like going through an entire stack of documents they're just on all sorts of different things as you do you come across something that kind of catches your eye uh me one moment to enable you guys to handle this. Uh, you will see it there in the middle of the screen. I'm gonna just drop it right on top of the um, drop it right on top of the old um, map that we already had. I'm gonna make it a good bit bigger so you guys can read it. You see this. It appears to be a map, a hand-drawn map of the McAllister building. Is that a good enough size for you, guys? Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. It appears to be a hand-drawn map of the McAllister building. It looks like it's been drawn on a piece of brown paper, like grocery sack. Um, it has all sorts of notes on it. Um, specifically, uh, you see there's uh, everyone's apartments are kind of laid out. Um, there's you know notes like man with briefcase and white shoes 
um, you see something that you guys were recently talking about. You see a, it looks like an offshoot from the map that says Mr. Castain and the parlor. Um, Fellas, come look at this. Um, that's on the top floor, and it looks like a tunnel for sure, but it's on the top floor, and it goes to the middle floor. That's where the roof right? access would be. And there's like a little tunnel that says night floors, which is awful similar to night seas. And it is, it reminds you of the, in the, um, in the floppy disk in the story, the story of all the people, it was entitled Night Floors. Oh, the short story was called Night Floors, and his uh, he, novel was Night Yes, Seas, his though, novel right? is yeah. Night Seas, but his short story yeah. was called Night Floors. I'm so confused by this map right now. Uh, well, tell, tell me about the we things absolutely... that you see here that are of interest to you. I mean, it, it looks like there, there are different events marked on the map. There's something called Roses and Butter. With an X in her apartment. Then... This is in her that that one's in this apartment. It's in a closet. Yeah. Should we check the closet for roses and butter? Hell yeah. Yeah. Seems like a quick win. Or a mistake. You go into the closet and you open it and you see that hung upside down with their stems facing up and the flowers facing down, um, looks to be a large, beautiful bouquet of dried roses. Um, there is also an empty, like looks like a, an empty box kind of stuck with it, like a keepsake um, of what looks like some type of buttered toffee, like really old schoolish kind of butter toffee. Uh, it's empty. There's no toffee in it. Um, but yeah. Can Benji do any sort of check to see if roses and butter, like if that's part of some ritual that he would be aware of? Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Which skill would that be? A cult? Sure. It's a failure with an 85 over 60. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it doesn't seem to... doesn't seem to ring a bell. Anything in particular. God, that's so disappointing. That's like one of the things he's good at. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things he was built for. Well, one of the other things hey, that... Roses and butter. One of the other notes that's written on here is... Um, Door on seven twelve, and dead guy in mask. In the tunnels is the dead guy in mask is just under the tunnel layout. I mean, I'm super curious about all this. Yeah, I'm done. That was like a that was a shaft going through the building, right? That's the weird thing. That's the top floor that goes to the roof access, but this map has a tunnel going all the way to the floor below it. And also on the bottom floor, there's an arrow going down that says up. 
Or do you see that? Oh, he's just looking at the stairs. That's the staircase. Is that the staircase? Yeah, it's just the staircase that goes from bottom to top. Oh. On the middle floor... On the middle floor, we haven't even been to that apartment that has the tunnel connected to it, have we? We haven't gone inside there? That was Michelle Van Fitz's apartment. You guys had gone there before you guys went home and knocked on the door but didn't get an answer. And I think Hank put tape over the door to see if anyone would have left it Correct. prior to coming back so he could check that. Yeah, we didn't look at Here's... the top floor, did we? No, we didn't. Here's where Hank stands. This is way more interesting to me than the art life thing right now. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah. We could go through everyone's role of the search. You know, we have this, and then on our way out, check out these tunnels and shit. I don't know. What do y'all think? Yeah, I think yeah, we should um... look at the top floor. Well, let's, uh, before, you know, you guys get terribly engrossed in this, um, let's keep in mind that Benji also was helping to sort through some of these things. Um Right. He, Benji, as you are going through things, uh, hold on, I'm trying to find a particular handout. That does not appear to be here. That's no fun. Uh, There it is. Benji, uh, you're going through things, and uh, you open a a book. Um, it doesn't really matter what it is. It could be anything from an encyclopedia to a phone book. And out at your feet falls something. Which I'm going to put here as well. I will uh, go ahead and slide it. I'm going to slide it right on top as well. It is a um, ticket stub that falls out at your feet. Um, let me know if I need to make it bigger or not. Yeah, can you make it a little bigger? There, I'll just make it super big. Yeah, that's good. It's a ticket for Whitwer or Michael Whitwer on and the date is June the 6th. After her missing. Which was... Yeah. Reported missing 4th of June. Last seen 1st of June. Um, Go ahead and give me... So someone's been in this apartment since she, she left. Go ahead and give me a intelligence check or something intelligence-esque as you guys take a peek at this. All of us? Are Just whoever is looking at it. Oh, Benji, make sure to mark your occult failure. Yeah. Uh, Hank is a 25 over under 60 success. And Benji is a 79 over 75 failure. You guys are looking at this. Benji, I don't know if there's some other portion you're thinking about. You know, oh, well, this was, this was just days after she went missing. Maybe that's significant. Hank, your eyes are pulled to a different section of this. 6 June 2000 
and 15. Oh, holy shit. Where do we see this? The date. Oh, my God. Oh, the, yeah, the, it's the years in smaller print. Hold your horses, fellas. Do my eyes deceive me, or is this 20 years in the future? Go ahead and roll me a sanity you check. Talk about working in advance. Go ahead and roll me a sanity <laughs> check for old Hank. He's the one who has this. Oh my uh, God. He's the one who has this revelation. Dude, failure. All right, take one sanity 89. damage. No. That's Jesus. unnatural sanity damage. So you don't get you don't get anything for it. Wait, I had six. Okay, one. You said. Yep, just one. Okay, I guess sixty. Fellas, this is, I don't know about this, between the meat and the wine and the ticket. <laughs> oh, shit. This Mark, was this the Mark? Michael? No, Mark. Not Mark. It's not the Mark that they said. We don't know a Michael. Somebody ran off with yeah, the this... salesman. What is this a ticket for? It's an airline ticket. It's an airline ticket. Yeah, LA, uh, Los Angeles to Boston. And a future crumbled up ticket from from Michael Whitward from LA to Boston. What's that handwritten note on it? Yeah. There's a. What does that say? I can't P. make o? out the text above the number. P.O.? Like, I think or it says P.O.R.N.O. 95671. Uh, I don't know if that number has necessarily come up. Is that an area Maybe code? Maybe the post offices. Or the post boxes. They don't normally stamp on tickets like that, do they? This is an old ticket, so I don't mm. know. Uh, old new ticket. That old new. All right, trippy. If that's if it's PO, that could stand for post office box. Yeah, He's not divulging any information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just letting you guys uh, process this. Oh, my God. The... Around the building. Yeah, we should definitely do that. But what would be the 1995 equivalent of a Google search? Like, if we wanted to Google Michael Whitwer. Well, go to a library. Well, the thing is, is like you do have a federal marshal in your party who has access to this kind of thing. Otherwise, you could use probably a bureaucracy skill to do some type of search. Like, maybe you could find an online version of a phone book to search through. You could you could definitely look through the... If you look through the phone book here, like, I'm going to say that you don't find a Michael Whitwer. Um, not in the this phone book for New York, you know, in 1995. Um, so, like, but you could do a bureaucracy, you know, otherwise to do, like, a, a person kind of fact-finding thing if you wanted to to try to find this guy if you wanted to. A bureaucracy or maybe that seems to be the best choice for me. If you guys want to make a case to use a different skill to find people by all means, sell it to me and we'll work it out. 
Hank, you think you could get your boys in blue to take a gander at this Michael Whitwer? Oh, we surely can. What is everyone's bureaucracy skill, by the way? Um, Mine's pretty I have solid. a uh, 40 with 10%. I've got a 52. Uh, what is Benedict? What is Benedict? 52. Benedict, you are fairly certain that you can run this down, no problem. Yeah, you're. It's a phone call. Yeah, you're an investigative Which journalist, or like you know, you know enough investigative journalist, 100. percent You could you could do a phone call. You think you could probably have this in the next half hour? Well, I'd like to get this done. Get this done. I could I could actually take Jeremy back to work. I think that might actually be good for him. I could take him back to work and uh, ask somebody at the office quickly. And they could also tend to Jeremy. And do the phone call and then come back? Is that the idea? Yeah. Well, at the office, I guess. They'd have the resources. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm alright with that, partner. Um... Uh, you're gonna have to do another phone call roll. <laughs> you know, you know how you do with those. <laughs> well, if there's anything old Benedict knows, he knows his way around the phone. I'll be right back. He goes to the phone booth. Oh, oh, you're just doing it. Okay, just gonna do it. I don't know what phone booth are you going if to. You, if you can try now. Sure. There was a phone in the... Oh, like, hallway, yeah, there's the old school... Because this is like an old turn-of-the-century building. There's like an old school little phone booth outside. Yeah. Um, people do also have phones right. in their apartments, but there is that little phone booth there. You will go and try the phone booth. Hey, uh, real quick, actually, uh, off-topic. Can you guys resize things in Roll20 or only move them? No, only move. I can only move them, I think. You don't even you don't see the little yeah. boxes in the corner to resize them at all. No. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, I'm just gonna resize this and make it smaller and get it out of the way. Oh. Um. One other thing, the only other thing I want to point out is that this plane takes from LA to Boston, and we have a note that I actually Abigail's think it's from Las card... Vegas. I think LA. Oh, sorry, LAS Las Vegas. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Las Vegas to Boston, which is. And her credit card was last used in Maryland. Which is Maryland. That's like 20 minutes from Boston, right? Or something like that. Do we have the actual city? I mean, in Maryland? Oh, yes. It was Patience, Maryland. Okay. Just something else to point out. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Jean, what were you going to say? I'm going to go up to the phone booth to make a call. Try and find out a little bit more. Alright, cool. Um, you, um, you get on the phone and uh, you dial out. And, like, who are you calling and what are you saying to them? So, the associate that looked at me across the office, I'm sure I've got his number. He's one of the partners at the at the intern at the mail, the newspaper outlet that I'm liaising with. Yeah, I think I'd call him. Okay, yeah, you probably have He's a number there. Bobby. 
You get a hold, you don't get a, actually, roll me a luck roll. Roll me a d50, or just a d100, you know, 50 and under. Let's see if you can get a hold of exactly who you want. 1d100, right? Yep. Oh, well, use the little left side. Alright, that's a 60. You get a hold of his assistant. Bobby? Bobby, is that you? Oh, yes, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Farlington? Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. No, God. Mr. Jones is out right now. That's fine. I need you to run a name for me. Uh, Mr. Jones actually said that I could call on you any time for anything, so effectively his PA is your, my PA, and therefore, by proxy, you need to please run some details for me. Thank you. Oh, yes, Mr. Farthers, I, I can get it to one of the one of the journalists. Uh, what? Uh... No, I, I need you to do this now. Okay, I, I will do it right now, sir. Yep, yep, what is it? <laughs> What's the name? He takes the name from you. Uh, he tells you, he's like, okay, uh, what number, and you're able to give him the number of the building, like there's, you know, the phone number's like written there by the uh, phone, and you can, you give him the number, and he tells you he will call you back soon. Very good. Cool. Um, and so what about, uh, what is Hank, what's Hank interested in doing now? So you guys were, you guys are kind of talking about it, it's like that, it seems like the it seems like the focus has shifted from instead of going to the art life office to maybe investigating the rest of the building. Um, that's kind of where yeah, I land as far as interest. It's I just it's funny like we were prompted to go through all this shit and we never went through all this shit like story wise. <laughs> so like the game or the game makers probably wanted us to do this all kind of the first session but we were like screw it we don't want to go through that we shit we want to do paperwork <laughs> so badly don't want to do paperwork and now we found all this interesting stuff <laughs> okay how many, how many sessions are we on how many gameplay sessions have we had now and we had, we're still in this fucking apartment <laughs> <laughs> you guys I guess are technically this is four yeah alright Um. so actually so in the time that maybe you guys are getting this cleaned up um, Benedict, you hear the phone outside. You go get it. You, you get the call back. Uh, you were told that uh, Michael Whitwer, um, the only like Michael Whitwer that they can find really, is um, lives in uh, Langson, Michigan. Is a current um, student at Grant High School. He is 15 years old. I don't know many 15-year-olds going on planes nowadays. Well, he would be about 35 in 2015. What are you trying to imply, Benji? He's some kind of time traveler? Hey, I don't know, man. Don't get all testy. <laughs> I had to roll for sanity damage last time that was suggested, <laughs> so don't bring that up again. Oh, man. Uh, uh, 
what do y'all think about just hitting all this shit on our way up to the night floors? <laughs> we got some the we got the uh man uh what does that say with the white shoes? briefcase and white shoes. I know we can probably get back into Roger's apartment. That's where that is. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Listen, Benji, this man is hiding something I know. I it. know I can smell it on him. <laughs> Well, Roger's Roger's apartment's on the first floor, um, and the I think you're talking about on the McAllister map, the room that has the tunnel going into it. That was Michelle Van Fitz's apartment. You guys still haven't spoken to Michelle Van Fitz. Yeah, but I was my mm -hmm. suggestion was to hit all these on the way up. So like first, go across the way to Roger's apartment, try to find whatever these white shoes are, you know, and then go up to the second floor and hit the points of interest there which it looks like we like you said we can access the tunnel from Michelle's room or the roof and then there's door on 7 and 12 in Lewis's apartment so that so as so it looks like you guys want to basically investigate a little more what's going on um, and start moving upstairs and talk to the rest of the tenants you haven't and that's actually probably a good place for us to go ahead and pause. And I think that we have... <laughs> you guys have discovered just so much more weirdness this episode. Um, if only we had done what the game makers prompted us to do on the first <laughs> never. session. No, you can't. We will, we have it. We will fat we with have it. tea, rather. Yeah. We haven't even left the room this episode. That's a, that's a whole new load. <laughs> like, well, to get Roger and Benji ran out and then came back in. The entire episode, one room, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a good place for it to stop. Like I said, thank uh, thank you guys for uh, playing uh, here today. Uh, anyone who's watching or listening to this, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Come back next week uh, for uh, we're gonna be trying to do these, put these out every week. Uh, come back next week to see where we go from here and further investigations of the building with our crew. Um, if you are watching the video, uh, stay tuned. Uh, we will be the VOD will continue on into uh, or pick up the VOD for next week and join us that way too. Um, also, uh, anyone who's listening to this, um, we have some social media stuff. It's being built uh but if you go to on reddit and go to r slash greenbox gaming uh there's a thread there uh that's basically uh let us know you're listening tell us where you're from uh and just so we can you know try to engage with you guys there's another place there for feedback and whatnot what you think would go better but let us know if you're listening but thank you for coming and join us again next week and we will see you guys then Say bye, you bastards. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>